So we're going to go ahead and jump right into the message. We're going to continue our flannel board stories uh, this morning. We're going to um, look at the story of Joseph this morning. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we've been kind of going through these stories together. We've been kind of looking at some of these older stories that uh, a lot of us uh, know, uh, that we've heard a lot of times. And when I was a kid, obviously, um, one of the things that uh, I experienced was was the flannel board and being taught some of these stories from a flannel board. And uh, so we've been talking about some of these stories that a lot of us know, um, but I believe that God is giving us some new revelation, some freshness to these stories. And so we're going to tell the story of Joseph this morning. We're going to be in Genesis 37. Uh, Genesis 37 is, and, and then kind of going into all the way into Genesis 45. This is a longer story. And so we're going to try to kind of hit some of the main points. We won't go through every little scripture, but I wanted to kind of give us an idea of the story. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be together. Even though we're not physically together, we are together. We are your church. Uh, the church is not a building or a location. It is the people of God. And we are together even though we're in our homes in different places. We're together in spirit and we're together. And so, Father, I pray that, God, you would just use this to be a message of hope and peace. That, Father, you would use me to communicate the things you want me to communicate. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, first of all, as we have been doing, we're going to just tell the story of Joseph. We're going to look at this together. And again, it's starting in Genesis 37. And in Genesis 37, starting with verse 3 and 4, this is what it says. It says, now Israel, and Israel here is another name for Jacob, okay? So this is Jacob, or God changes his name to Israel. So here we see it uh, as his name being Israel. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Sometimes I deal with families and relationships, and, and I'll have families come to me and they'll, they'll talk about, oh man, my family's broken and my family has all these issues. You know, what I love about scripture is it doesn't pull punches. It really shares the honesty of where people are. And as you look through Genesis, you see family after family that has issues that they're dealing with, that, that God does some amazing things. But, but in this story, we see Jacob giving a special gift to Joseph. It's basically a, a coat of many colors. It's, it's a coat that is very valuable. It's showing favoritism. It's, it's probably not the best thing to do. And because of that, Joseph's brothers are frustrated. They, they're angry. They're mad because of what their father is showing this little brother uh, at the time. So let's go ahead now and jump on to Genesis 37. Then Genesis 37, 5 through 7, it says this. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to the dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around mine and bowed low before mine. So, so Joseph here begins to dream, and Joseph here begins to have these dreams, and in these dreams, these are not dreams that are very complimentary to his brothers. They're basically communicating that his brothers are going to bow down to him, and, and this is just not a good situation. At this time in, in the world's history, uh, if you were the eldest, that meant something. That was status. That meant that you were the firstborn, and you were going to get some of the things of, of the father. It was a big deal here. Joseph is not the firstborn, and basically he's sitting there saying, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. This is... This is um, what's going to take place, and you're going to bow down to me. And, and it's really showing a little bit of, of immaturity in Joseph and showing that he needs to grow a little bit because he's starting to have these dreams, but he's also sharing them. And it's my, probably not the best thing to do at this particular moment. But let's go on with the story. Let's start continue with Genesis 37. And in Genesis 37, uh, number, verse number 18, it says this, His brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about 
them. And so basically, again, we're starting to see more and more anger, more and more jealousy, more and more problems kind of uh, coming out from, from this, this dreams and in the way that Joseph is handling himself. Okay, so let's now continue on. In Genesis 37, it says, So Joseph had another dream, and he told his brothers about it. Listen, I had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed low before me. So in this dream, he takes it one step further. And in this dream, we're seeing an idea here that not only are his brothers bowing down to him, but his father and his mother are also bowing down. So this is becoming more and more of a problem because of some of the things he's sharing with his brothers and they're getting more and more upset. Okay, Monica, let's go on to the next verse. It says, so this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Now, what we're going to be talking about this morning is this idea of dreams and the idea of, of that God has called us all to be dreamers and that God has put a dream in our heart. And here's the thing, it's, it's, it's showing a little bit of the growth here between, between Jacob and his sons. As Jacob, he's not thrilled with this situation, but he's beginning to start to wonder, what are these things meaning? What are, what's, what's going on here? Why, why are we having these dreams? What is going on? So he begins to wonder, really, what these dreams really mean. Okay, Monica, and let's continue on with our story. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, okay, so let's kind of stop here for a second. Let me kind of tell you what's going on. Now we've had some time pass. Joseph's brothers are out away from home, and Joseph is coming to see them. And it says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him at a distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into the, one of the cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. So in their story now, we've seen some time pass, but his brothers are still angry. They're still dealing with, with hatred. They're still dealing with this, this frustration about Joseph and things that he's sharing. And so they come up with this plan. They're going to grab Joseph and they're going to kill him and they're going to throw him in the cistern. Okay, Monica, let's continue on with our story. It says, Judah says to his brothers, Judah is one of the brothers, obviously. What will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he's our own brother, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. So they've grabbed Joseph, they've thrown him down into this cistern, this pit in the, in the ground, and they're going to kill him. But Judah comes up with this idea, hey, listen, if we kill him, we're going to have to cover this up. Let's, let's instead sell him. Let's try to make a little money, and that's what we'll, we'll do instead of killing him. It says, now verse 28 in, ver, in chapter 37, it says, So when the Ishmaelites, who were many nights traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Okay, so let's stop here for just a second and kind of look at our story. Obviously, Joseph has, has been dreaming and he's, he's having these dreams. He's really infuriated his brothers. And so they've grabbed him, they've thrown him into a pit, and they've sold him into slavery in Egypt. They take him to Egypt, these Ishmaelite traders. Okay, let's continue on with our story now. So we're going to be now in Genesis 41, okay? In Genesis 41. Now, let me kind of, before we get into this, again, I couldn't tell you all of the story. It would be too long because this is a lot of chapters. But Joseph is sold to a man named Potiphar. God is with him, and, and Potiphar actually puts him in charge of everything in his household. But it says that Joseph is a good-looking guy, and Potiphar's wife uh, wants to sleep with him, basically. He refuses, and Potiphar's wife accuses him of trying to... Um, sleep with her, basically. Potiphar, of course, is very upset, and he throws Joseph into prison. So now he's gone from a pit into prison, and he is in Israel, or Israel he's in Egypt, in this prison, and, and he begins to deal with some other things, and, and, and basically, again, it, it doesn't really go with our story, but there's a lot here, and I encourage you, if you have time, uh, and we obviously have a little bit more time than we usually do, look at this story, because uh, there's a lot here. But we're going to jump from our story into Genesis 41, and this is what it says. 
two full years later. Now, the two full years later is basically from a time where Joseph interprets some dreams and some officials uh, that Pharaoh threw in the prison, okay? So it was two years after that. So just give you an idea where we're at. Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the banks of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grasses, okay? So basically, here we have a situation where Pharaoh is, is, is having a dream as well. Let's continue on, Genesis 41, 3 through 4. Then he saw seven more cows come up from behind them from the Nile, but these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood bef- beside the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny thin cows ate the seven healthy fat cows. At this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up, probably because Pharaoh was going, what in the world, what did I eat the night before that would cause me to dream this crazy dream? But he also realized there's something here that is um, going on that I need to understand. So he's understanding that. So let's continue on. It says, before he fell asleep again, this is speaking of Pharaoh, he had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but they were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-formed head. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. So once again, same concept here that Pharaoh is having these dreams, okay? Well, he knows he's got to figure out what these dreams mean. They're important. He's got to figure them out. Okay, Monica, let's continue on. Thank you. So Joseph's suggestions were well-received by Pharaoh and his officials. Okay, we kind of jumped ahead here. But basically, uh, Pharaoh is is needing to know what these dreams are. He's told about Joseph, and Joseph comes, and he begins to um, basically interpret these dreams and tell what's going to happen, and and what's going to basically happen is there's going to be some good years, and there's going to be some bad years, uh, and there's going to be a major drought and a major problem in Egypt, and so uh, Joseph basically suggests, hey, we need to store things up, we need to hold things back so that we're ready for the famine that's going to come. So he interprets this dream for Pharaoh, and now we see in Genesis 41, 37-38, it says this, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? I love this this understanding that Pharaoh begins to have of Joseph. And and, and we see here that that he has realized and recognized that, that Joseph, that God's hand is on him, that God is using him, that God is speaking to him. And I love here that Pharaoh, who doesn't really know God, who has no concept of God, but yet can still see God's hand and God's presence and God's guiding and direction on the life of Joseph. And, and it's amazing that that's something that we should desire for us. You know, it's, it's one thing to be recognized by other Christians, which is great and awesome, but it's another thing to be recognized for what God is doing in you and through you by people that don't know who God really is. And so they see that it's obvious to them that that situation is going on. Okay, so let's jump on now to Genesis 42. Or 41, excuse me. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are. Let's continue on. You will be in charge of my court, and all of my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. So Pharaoh, because of what God is doing in in Joseph's life, he basically puts him second in command of all of Egypt to prepare, to get things ready for the famine, and to be ready to help people in the situation. Okay, so now Joseph has gone basically from, from this, this, from a pit to prison to the palace, and it's this amazing thing that God has done. It's taken years to accomplish. This wasn't a quick thing. This took years to get there. And basically, let's jump in now to Genesis 42. Um, at Genesis 42, basically, the famine is going on. Joseph's brothers and his father are running out of food. And so basically, uh, Jacob tells his sons, you need to go down to Egypt to buy grain. So this is what it says. It says, in starting with verse 3, and then we'll jump to verse number 6. It says, so Joseph's ten older brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain. Since Joseph was governor of all of Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was him that his brothers came. 
When they arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. So here we begin to see the dream has begun to come true. The dream is taking place, and it's a very cool thing, okay? So they're bowing down, not realizing that this is Joseph. This is their brother they sold to slavery. Okay, Monica, let's continue on. In 42, 8 and 9, it says, Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams he had had about them many years before. So God is bringing this about. He's bringing this situation to fruition. And now Genesis 45. In Genesis 45, Joseph now, through a lot of other things that take place, okay? This doesn't happen right here. There's a lot of things that take place. But Joseph finally reveals who he is. He says this. He says, please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery into Egypt. Again, long story. We could have been here for a much longer time, and it was hard to really kind of figure out what things to include and what things I shouldn't. And so again, take some time this week, maybe read through Genesis 37 and and all the way really to the end of of Genesis to really get the fullness of the story. But but we need to understand something that that God has, has got a plan for us. God has placed dreams inside of us and dreams that he wants us to accomplish and, and do a, an amazing thing. I don't know about you, but one of the, the rides that, that I think is one of the craziest rides in the world, and I understand you know, it works really well for younger kids, but is, is the idea of a merry-go-round, okay? The merry-go-round, because, because basically you get on a merry-go-round and all you do is just go around in a circle. You don't go anywhere. You're even on, a lot of times, animals that, that if they were real, of course, would have the ability to, to take you places and to go to places. And I don't like a merry-go-round very much. And we need to understand something about the kingdom of God, and that is it's not like a merry-go-round. God has a dream and a purpose for your life. And, and this morning we're going to be talking a lot about dreams, but I also want you to understand that you can, you can change that word if, if you'd like to the idea of purpose here, because I believe that God has that. He's He's got some place for you to go. He's got something for you to do. You're not stagnant. The kingdom of God is not stagnant. It's not a merry-go-round where we just sit there and go up and down and in a circle. God has something amazing for us, and he has something amazing for Joseph. In Psalms 138.8, it says this, The Lord will work out his plans for my life. Your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. God has a plan. And look, I know right now it can, it can seem like that's difficult to understand. It can seem like, you know, is there really a plan in all of this? Listen, there is a plan. God knows what he's doing. This, this event is not shaken God, is not made God wring his hands and go, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? God has a plan. And here's the thing that you need to understand. God's plans for you are good. God's plans for you are our plans that will bring forth good and amazing things. And I know that's hard to understand right now because there's a lot of stuff going on and, and people are, are being told they can't go to work and, and, and people are getting sick. But there is still a plan and God's plan is good even though sometimes we don't understand it. But God has called us all to be dreamers. God has called us all and placed a dream deep inside of us that is he is desiring to bring out and desiring to work. But the thing is, we have to understand something. The dream can come, but the dream doesn't necessarily come true in the timing that you think it's going to. It doesn't always happen in the way that you're going to. And so what we're going to be looking at this morning is some life lessons that, from the story of Joseph that we can experience on our journey to fulfill God's dreams for our lives. Because you've got to understand, there are years that take place from when the dream comes to when the dream's fulfilled. And there's reasons for that. It's important to understand that. And so we're going to look at the story of Joseph and look at some of these experiences he had, knowing that they're also going to be experiences we're going to have as God brings forth these dreams in us. The first one is this. To discover God's dream for your life, you must first know who you are and whose you are. A lot of times people want to have dreams. They believe that God has a dream for them, but they don't really know who they are or whose they are, okay? And that's the first step. You say, Aaron, I want to have a dream. I want to experience something great for God. I want to do something great for God. This is number one for a reason. It starts here. It starts here. Look at Genesis 37. 
In Genesis 37, back to our story 3 and 4, we see this. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that his father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now, now look, this may have not been the best thing for, for Jacob to do for Joseph. But here's the thing I believe. What we see is after this takes place, the dreams begin. After Joseph has got this understanding that I am loved by my father, I am cared for by my father, I am special to my father, the dreams come. He becomes convinced that he is loved and cared for by his dad. And here's what's amazing about that. That's what God wants to do for us. He wants to help us with our identity and understand that, you know what? I am God's son. I am God's daughter. I am his, and he loves me with a love that is so big, it's sometimes hard for me to comprehend. If you want dreams to be birthed in you, you have to know who you are and whose you are. It starts there. It starts there. We're going to give you an opportunity later on in our service to really act on that. But we're going, to, we're going to continue on here. But you've got to understand it starts there. Number two, things may be ripped from you on your journey. Things may be ripped from you on your journey. Look at Genesis 37. In Genesis 37, we're going to start with verse 23 and 24. So when Joseph arrived, his brother ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. And let's continue on now with verse number 27, 28. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. So when the Israelites, Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Listen. I think one of the things that we have to understand is there's going to be things that, that you're going to go through on this journey that are going to be taken from you. There are going to be things, and in Joseph's story here, we see this, this concept that he, this, this robe that he had was taken from him. And I, need, I want to ask you a question. It's real simple here. What are you wearing right now that won't go where you're going? What are you wearing right now that needs to be ripped away so that you can get to where God wants you to do, go. Because a lot of times, listen, we as Christians or, or not as Christians, we walk around with, with robes of, of different things that God wants to remove from us. Uh, you know, maybe robes of insecurity. It may be a robe of, of, of hurt or bitterness or anger. And you know what? It seems like at the time that that's a hard thing, that God wants to rip that off. But, but the thing is, Joseph would not have been able to accomplish the dream that God had placed in his life unless that had been removed from him. He couldn't have worn that to Egypt. He couldn't have gone on and experienced the things that needed to happen. It needed to be ripped away. And at that time, it seemed harsh and it seemed difficult, but it was part of the process that God was using to bring him from where he was to where God wanted him to be. Okay, And it's a hard thing, I know, but you know what? There's a lot of times that we need to have that robe ripped away. We need to have certain things ripped away so that we can accomplish what God has asked us to accomplish. Okay. Next, number three, it's not going to work out like you thought it would. Okay. I don't know about you. I'm a planner. I like to have my little plan and work my plan. And, and, and you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this, which is so ridiculously silly in a lot of ways because it never is going to go the way you think it's going to go. Okay, you, you know, sometimes I've even, and this may sound silly, you may think I'm ridiculous, but I'll be like, okay, how can I plan it how I don't want it to go? That way it won't go that way, you know? Even though that's not how it works, sometimes I wish it would, but, but it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go, okay? And you need to understand that and accept that and know that. But look here, look at the scripture in Joseph's life, okay? And it starts with basically um, Genesis 39, it says this, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Okay, okay. obviously he's got this dream. I'm gonna, God's going to use me to do amazing, awesome things. It's going to be great. And then he gets sold into slavery, and that doesn't go well. And so maybe he's thinking, okay, you know, God's going to use me in Egypt, and God's going to do something here. And, and so he's got it all figured out. Okay, I understand, and now I get it. And what happens? He does the right thing, and he gets thrown in prison. 
he gets thrown in prison. And so he's sitting there going, why? What's going on? What, what's taking place here? And it's just got to be driving him absolutely crazy. But we look in Proverbs 24. In Proverbs 24, 16, it says this, The godly may trip up seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Hey, look, it's going to happen. It's going to be not how you expect. You're probably going to trip up on this journey. But listen, the righteous get up. The righteous don't sit there. They get up and they begin to move and they begin to allow God to use even the things that they don't understand to be what brings forth that dream. The next one, number four, not only does God give us a dream, and that's important, God gives us a dream, God's the dream giver, but God attaches a process to that dream. God always attaches process to dream, okay? He is doing that for many, many reasons, but he is attaching a process, and we see that in Joseph's life. We see that in the, the life that he has, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. The process for Joseph took him from the pit to prison, then finally to the palace, then finally to the palace. It doesn't take, it doesn't immediately happen. It takes years for this to happen. And, and, and God will do that. God will give you a dream. And, and God will say, I'm going to do this through you. Or I'm going to use you to make this sort of situation. And a lot of times we want it to happen immediately. But there's a process that God is going to bring us through to help us. And the real issue when it comes to dreaming is that we value the end product of our lives. But God values the process. We like the end. We want to look at it and go, what, where did it get me? What, did, what happened? And that's our thought as, as human beings. We, we care about that end result. God cares more about the process. God cares about what he's doing in us more than what he's going to do through us. Okay? He still does great things through us, but he wants to transform you. God didn't just give you a dream for everybody else. God gave you a dream so he could form and shape you. And it's so hard sometimes to realize that because we're so interested at the end of the road. We want to see where it ends up. I mean, how many times have you literally thought, I know I have. I wish I could just fast forward where I'm at right now. This is a difficult time and a difficult situation. I wish that I could just kind of in my life hit the fast forward button and, and see where this is going to end up and how it's going to end up. But, but God doesn't allow us to do that. God wants us to trust him in the process. God forms us and shapes us in the process. So this morning, listen, if you're so worried about the product, and I know a lot of us are right now, listen, focus, let God take you and put your focus on the process, not necessarily the product. God will take care of the product. God will do those things that need to happen. We want to value the process as well. Number five, God's dreams for us is an opportunity to glorify Him when he makes them happen and to save people. You say, Aaron, wh what are these dreams really for? Why am I having these dreams? What, what, what's the point of all this? We see this in Genesis 45. In Genesis 45, verses 4 and 5, it says this, Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother whom you sold into slavery. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place, okay? So now we're going to see the purpose, really, of this dream. So the purpose of all these things that have taken place in the life of Joseph. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your life. And now let's jump on to 7 and 8. God had sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. And now verse 8, chapter 45. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace, and the governor of all of Egypt. As Joseph is revealing himself to his brothers, he basically gives us this reason. Why did this happen? What, what was the purpose of this dream? And it was to save people and to show God's power and his ability to take things and make dreams take place and come true. He doesn't ever say here, I did this. I was able to accomplish this. He totally looks and goes, God is the one who brought all this together. God is the one that did all this. And that's an amazing thing. And I think where we're at right now is, is 
this is very timely and very important that we need to understand. Listen, I understand that it's scary and I understand there's a lot of people that are dealing with a lot of fear, but I truly believe that God is going to use this as an opportunity to glorify Him and to save people. I believe that God is going to use this time and many souls are going to come to know Him because of this time. And all praise and all honor and all glory is going to go to Him because He is going to do some amazing things. So you go, Aaron, what's the point of these dreams? Why is God doing this? You need to understand what the goal really is. The goal here is to glorify Him and to save people. That's the outward goal. But there's also an inward goal. There's also something God wants to do in us, and that's number six. The goal of the process, remember we talked about process in all this. The goal of the process is is to develop the dreamer within the dream. The process is to develop the dreamer within the dream. Look at Genesis 50. In Genesis 50, 15 through 16, it says this. And let me kind of give you an idea of where we're at. Um, Joseph invites, with with Pharaoh's permission and and Pharaoh's desire, that that Israel and, and all of Jacob's, or Jacob's sons and Joseph's brothers all come and live in uh, Egypt and, uh, and are taken care of and so on and so forth. Well, as we get to Genesis 50, Jacob has now died. And so his brothers are scared. His brothers are scared that now that their father is dead, that Joseph will now take this as an opportunity to get back at his brothers, to, to actually destroy his brothers. And so this is what happens. It says in verse 15, but now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. Okay? When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. He broke down and wept because he was so hurt by his brothers here again, by the, what they thought he was going to do. Then his brothers came to him, threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, okay, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? And now let's continue. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Speaking kindly to them. You know, one of the reasons that God gives us dreams is is because he really wants to develop the dreamer within the dream. I want to take you back to the beginning of the story. I want to take you back to this, this picture that we have of Joseph, of, of kind of this young teenage boy that, that really doesn't have a lot of common sense and, 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 and really needs to grow and experience some things. And, 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 and I, I believe that, honestly, if, if the dream had been revealed and brought forth at the wrong time, some really, really bad things would have happened. Some really, really destructive things would have happened. I believe that if, if it was a situation maybe where, where Joseph was elevated at the wrong time, that he would have taken an opportunity to kill his brothers. He would have taken an opportunity to, 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 to get back at them. But through the years, God is forming him, and God is using him, and God is changing his heart to a point to where at the very end of Joseph's story, we see him broken and we see a a man that is, is devastated because he knows the change that God has brought forth in his life and, and he wants others to see that. And here's the thing we need to understand. We need to understand really who Jacob and his, and, and his sons are. They become the, the tribes of Israel. They become the nation of Israel. Where we get the 12 tribes is, is these sons of Jacob. One of those sons uh, is, is Judah. And, and I don't know, you know how much you know about what, what, how we see the lineage of Jesus. But, but we got to remember something. If Joseph had, had not been developed, if it had come too soon, if he wasn't ready to be 
be used by God in the moment that he was ready. If he would have killed his brothers, that line would have been severed. That line would have stopped. And we would be in a lot of trouble right now because there wouldn't have been a Jesus that would have come through the line of Judah and through David's line that had been prophesied through. You see, sometimes we need to understand that God is delaying the promise. God is delaying the dream because you are not as developed as you need to be to accomplish the dream that he wants you to accomplish. And look, that's not a smack and that's not a how could you. That's an understanding that I need to develop myself. I need God to move in me and change me to become the man or the woman of God that he's called me to be. Because we want to make sure we're ready for what God wants to do in us and through us. One of the greatest tragedies in life is for you to arrive where you're supposed to be without becoming the person you were meant to be. It's a tragedy. It's why pastors are always saying, hey, get in your word. Hey, spend time in prayer. Worship together. Be together. Experience life together. Iron sharpens iron. This is, these are all things that God uses to develop you and to develop who you are and what God wants you to be. Listen, if you can't look at your life and go, hey, you know what? There was, um, you know, I, uh, two years ago I would have responded this way, but because God is changing me and molding me and shaping me, I handled it better and I, I did better and I, I responded better. A lot of times that's what we want. We want God to bring forth that purpose in us and those dreams in us. We want them to happen today, but God knows better. One of the things that would be so tragic is if God said, I will give you the dream when you're not ready. When that happens, bad things happen. And God knows best. He not only knows the dreams He has for you and the plans that He has for you and the purpose that He has for you, He also knows the timing that those things need to come forth. The timing is so important. And so in this story, we see Joseph being formed. We see the dream coming, and it took time, but we also see the formation of this man of God who in the moment where he had all the power and he could have gotten back at all his brothers for all the things he did, they did to him, he forgives them. He understands God's purpose. He understands that it's about God and what God is doing and that he has been used by God to save many, many people. And it's an amazing thing. And it's an amazing thing. I'm going to invite John to come on up right now. We're going to close our service this morning. And again, I know that there's a lot going on right now and a lot of situations, but I, I, I want to communicate something to, to you, whoever you are or whatever you're doing. Um, Listen, whether you know Jesus or not, you need to understand something that's true. Right now we're, we're in a world where there's a lot of stuff that's, that's, that's floated around. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of fear. And in times of fear and in times of uncertainty, we have to at times cling on to what we know to be true. You know, the Bible talks about how God is our anchor. And, and it's amazing as I study the story of Joseph, you know, the Bible, you know, maybe he was dealing with stuff, but the Bible doesn't record that Joseph's response is a response of anger or fear, which is an amazing thing. It really kind of expresses the transformation that we see in Joseph's life. But you need to understand something. God loves you. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. And I know that right now that may be hard to see, but you know what? Truth is truth. And circumstances don't affect it. You see, God's placed a dream in your heart. And those dreams really began from the very beginning. You go all the way back to the garden. God takes us and he forms us and he makes us and he puts us in this garden. You know, God even back then placed a dream in our heart. That dream in our heart was placed there. And that dream consisted of being with, with, with each other and with him. 
And it was a beautiful dream and a beautiful place. And, and it was just glorious. And it was, it was everything that God had. And God even says, man, this is, this is good. And he goes one step further. He says, man, this is very good. here's the thing that dream is still inside of us trying to get out so many times people walk around and, and they, what's my purpose what's my place why is all this happening all these things you know what they're really asking they're going you know I know there's a dream in me I know that there's something there that's deep inside that's trying to come out but I don't know how to to communicate it I don't know how to make it happen I don't know how to make it work listen you know what that is that is God's dream for you trying to get out you know what his dream is? It hasn't changed for you or any of us. His dream is that you will walk in communion and fellowship and love with him. That's his dream. You break it all down. We all got a bunch of different dreams that God, but the first dream, remember we talked about it at the very beginning. You got to know who you are and whose you are. You want the dream to come out? It has to start there whose you are. Listen, listen, you were created by God. He loves you. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The Bible doesn't always say that he's going to make the storms go away, but he does promise he'll walk through those storms with you if you'll let him. He desperately wants to do that for so many people right now. And so many people are looking and they're searching. Listen, listen, it's Jesus. Because he came, he died, he, he, he gave himself as a sacrifice for us, rose three days later. Why does he do that? So he can bring forth God's dream again. So that we once again could be in God's presence and experience the fellowship with him. Listen, it doesn't have to wait till you're dead. It can start today. You can experience that peace, love, and joy that Jesus is offering all of us today. There's a dream, but it starts there. It starts there. So listen, if, if you say, you know what, Aaron, I, I, I don't know Jesus. I, I, maybe even you, you, you've experienced church or you know a little bit about it, but, but you just don't know what to do. Listen, this is not hard. It's not rocket science. God doesn't make you jump through hoops and do the hokey pokey. He simply says, listen, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You will be saved. He'll bring forth that dream. He wants to do that so desperately. So this morning, if you don't know Jesus, man, this is your day. This is your moment. This is your opportunity to figure out who you really are and whose you are. For others of us, maybe we know Jesus. Maybe we've experienced him and we know him. And, and, and we've had that dream. We've, we've had that, 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 that dream that God has placed in us or that purpose. But we're in the process and it's hard. And we had things ripped from us. And, 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 and we haven't understood why God's doing what he's doing and, and all these things. And listen, I need to tell you, I want to encourage you. God's dream for you is still good. God's dream for you is still going to come. Listen, this virus is not going to stop God's dream for you. It's not going to stop God's plan for you. This is part of the plan. And I know that sometimes it's hard for us to understand. Sometimes the hard things that happen are part of the process to bring forth the dream. I wish that I could tell you, listen, when God gives you a dream, it's just going to flow and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be easy. But it's not that. It's not, it's not going to happen like that. I just want to be honest with you. There's going to be things that happen you don't understand. But God's dream for you is still good. It's still true. And God is going to bring forth that dream. Not you. God's going to bring it. He gave you the dream and God will bring forth the dream. Our job in this time is to allow God to develop us as the dreamer. And to know that in time, when the timing is right, God will bring forth that dream. God knows the timing. He knows the seasons. He knows when you're ready. And if you will allow him, he'll develop you. So in the moment that's perfect, in the moment that is going to change so many things for the good, you're ready. 
Let's be ready. Listen, let's take this time to let God develop those things in us. So many of us, we're, we're not able to do a lot of the things that, that we like to do. So, hey, can I, can I give you a suggestion? Maybe turn off the Netflix or the Disney Plus for a little bit and let spend some time as a family and as individuals in prayer, reading scripture together, encouraging one another, allowing God to develop in you who he's called you to be. Let's not waste this moment. Let's use this opportunity because I believe that God is going to do some amazing things in us and through us. I believe God is going to use this time to do some amazing things. And I want to be ready. I want to be ready so that God can use me to the fullest. But before we conclude our service, listen, this is all new to me. I'm not real tech savvy. I know just enough to get by in our world today. But I started this kind of this time to close by talking about people that may not know Jesus. You know, God's everywhere. And you can accept him right now where you're at. You can close your eyes and pray that prayer and accept him. And listen, if you want to do that, John, the John's <laughs> told me that there's even a button you can click to say, hey, I want to accept Jesus. I want to accept him. And I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're in a place where you're fearful, if you're in a place where you don't have peace, you don't have joy, you don't have these things that are gifts of God for those that, that are following him, you can have that today. God can begin to unleash that dream in you and bring you home. And so here's what we're going to do. I want to pray with you and for you. And if that's you and you say, you know what, I, I need to accept Jesus, hit that button. Contact us. I mean, we, we'll figure something out, okay? I mean, we, I don't know how all this stuff is going to work, but I do know this. I know that God wants to use this time to bring people to know him. This dream of Joseph, what was it for? To bring God glory and to save people. And in Joseph's story, it was to save them physically. And I believe in this situation, God not only wants to save people physically, he wants to save them spiritually. He wants to give them a hope and a home and a purpose and a dream. So here's what we're going to do. Yeah, I know you're in your home right now and maybe with your family, and we're just going to pray. I want to pray with you. And, and so I'm going to ask as you are in your home that you just bow your head with me and that you just join me in prayer. Okay? So let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we thank you for the technology that's making this possible. We thank you for um, allowing individuals in our, in our, in our family to, to understand how all this stuff works so that we could uh, have this opportunity to share. And Father, right now, I just want to pray for those that, that don't know you, that God, I believe right now you're, you're drawing them to yourself. Through your Holy Spirit, you're drawing men and women and kids and teenagers to you. And Father, right now, if there's individuals that are listening to this, Father, I pray that they would just accept you right now. That they would accept you right now. And for those that are you that are, that are dealing with that, I want you to just pray with me right now. I'm gonna, I want you to repeat after me, okay? Say, dear Jesus, I love you. I know you love me. You showed it by dying and raising again on the third day for me. Not just for the world, but for me. And so Jesus, right now, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came and offered yourself for me so that I could have forgiveness of my sins so that I could once again be made righteous in your eyes. So Jesus, if I never have, or Jesus, maybe I have, but it was a long time ago, I accept you right now. I invite you in to be my Savior and my Lord. I'm yours. I belong to you. Thank you for loving me and bringing me home. And if you prayed that prayer, 
and you meant it, I can tell you who you are. You're his son and you're his daughter. You've been adopted into the family of God. What a beautiful thing. What an amazing thing. Scripture tells us that when someone comes home, the angels rejoice. You're home. You're on your way home. So you don't have to walk in fear. You don't have to be afraid anymore because God's got you. And he's got a purpose and a plan that's amazing for you. And for everybody else that that are in the midst of that dream, because I believe God gives everybody a dream. I want to encourage you this morning. God's still got you. God hasn't left you. God hasn't forgotten you. He is simply developing you so you're ready for when the dream comes true. Because if God gave the dream, God will bring forth the dream. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for those individuals that are in the midst of it. God, I pray that you give them strength. You give them hope. You give them peace. You give them the ability to have the understanding that you are just developing them. You are getting them ready for the amazing thing and the amazing purpose that you have for them. And Father, nothing is going to stop that. Nothing is going to stop you bringing forth that dream that you placed in them. We don't know when. We don't know how. It's not going to happen the way we think. But God, you'll bring it about because you always do. And so we rest in your presence. We rest in your peace. We rest in your timing. We know that you're in control. So Father, with the situations that we're facing right now, we can have a peace that passes all understanding. We can have a joy that doesn't make sense. We can know that our God is in control and He will be glorified and He will work all things together for good. We trust you. We love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, I want to thank you for being with us this morning. I know this is different. I know this is kind of a thing that that I don't think I ever dreamed would happen or, or thought we'd ever get to this place. But you know what? Be encouraged. God's still in control. God hasn't left us. God's got this. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know all that's going to go down. But you know what? I don't have to. My God knows. My God's got it. You know, sometimes I've said, listen, I'm, I'm in sales, if that makes sense. That's a management decision. That's a management thing. I'll let management handle that. And that's God's department. My job is to trust him and know that he's got a plan. You can do that too. So again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Be blessed. Know that God's got you and he's in control. Listen, if you have any questions or you need anything, please contact us. You can do that through our website. You can email. um, You know, we're not quite sure how much we'll be in the office, but you can call and leave a message and we'll try to monitor that. Again, there's ways here on this, um, this feed to be able to communicate with us. So please don't hesitate to do that as well. We love you. I love you. I miss you guys. Um, Probably the hardest thing is not to be here with you because I miss you and I love you. And uh, but I know we'll be together again soon, uh, physically. And even though we're not necessarily together physically, I know that we're together as a family. And so I'll see you soon. I love you. We'll talk to you later. God bless. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon. All right.